This is the Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Okay, hi everybody. Welcome to our Blue Bomber Winter Special. I'm Bob Irving. We've done this, I don't know, I think three or four years in a row now, where sometime in February we sit down for two hours and turn the sports show into an all blue and gold show where we catch up on what's happened uh, with the Blue Bombers so far in the offseason and look ahead to what the upcoming regular season might hold. And I have a cast of proverbial thousands tonight. Kyle Walters is going to join us right off the top. Mike O'Shea, Andrew Harris, Pat Newfeld, Darvin Adams, Zach Kolaris, Wade Miller, Randy Ambrosi, and our very own Doug Brown, Ed Tate from BlueBombers.com. The director of content will also join me tonight. So let's get it rolling, and I'll start very quickly with the Boston Pizza Sports Desk. The updates, three games in the NHL tonight. None of them have started. Buffalo's at Colorado, Edmonton at Vegas, Pittsburgh at the LA Kings. No scores to report, and of course the Jets home tomorrow night to the Washington Capitals in the rematch. But let's kick off the Blue Bomber winter special with General Manager Kyle Walters, who's been a very busy man, re-signing many of his own key players, signing up. I think a small handful of free agents, I'd call them. And I don't know, Kyle, have things kind of settled down a bit now? Yeah, you know, from from the – how you doing, by the way, Bob? All I'm good? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good, thank you. Good. Yeah, you know, the, the free agency again this year was pretty quiet for us. A lot of our, a lot of our energy spent on trying to keep the core together. Um, you know, we're, we're able to, to do best we can within the, the constraints of the salary cap. And now we've – you know, it's kind of shifted the the offensive staff in. Mike's busy, uh, you know, with the offensive staff and and uh, getting Buck going with his first crack as a coordinator. And uh, you know, we're I'm I'm full draft mode now. We've you know, it's creeping up to March, which means all the combines are coming, and and this whole global draft is an is a a whole another uh, a whole lot of work that we're dealing with as well. So it's it's full speed ahead. So I'll rattle off the names of your players that you re-signed, Kyle, Jake Thomas, Nick Taylor, Mercy Maston, Johnny Augustine, Michael Couture, Stanley Bryant, Jermarcus Hardrick, Pat Newfeld, almost your entire offensive line, Charles Nelson, Drew Wolitarski, Darvin Adams, Zach Kolaris, Willie Jefferson. Now, Jefferson, I think, was the one that had the fans in the most suspense. Were you ever concerned he might not come back? Yeah, there's always a concern to, until you have that uh, until you have that signed contract. But you know, Willie, we you know, Willie Willie's a man of his word, and and him and I had great discussions before he left uh, at the end of the year, and and then we revisited things in in January, and um, I, I basically you know we we I said to him, what's what's a fair number? What do you think, Willie? And let's talk about the structure and let's figure this out and and. You know, I, based on the conversations that Willie and I had, that I was quite confident he was going to be a bomber. But you just never quite know until you get that signed contract. That was a relief, I guess, when when he finally let you know that he was in fact coming back. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it yeah. was, uh, you know, he, he was respectful of the process too, and understood that he, teams, are, teams, us included, were holding uh, that amount of money aside, uh, earmarked for Willie Jefferson, and and you know, it would it would certainly help each team out to know sooner rather than later what his decision was going to be. So uh, you're not kind of left late holding that money. And Willie understood that and respected that, and and you know he made his decision relatively quickly, which was good for all teams involved. And you've clearly made an effort, Kyle, by the announcement of these signings to to get some of these guys done, not just for one year, but for more than that, right? 
yeah, you know, it's <laughs> every year you you see it in this in the CFL and and every every home market can't believe the number of free agents, but then when you look around at all the other teams, it's just it's, everybody's dealing with the same thing: the one-year contracts, and uh, anytime you can get a couple guys, a few guys under contract for for uh, multiple years, it just helps helps at this time, you know, or helps early January next year. What does it say about this organization now, Kyle? That players uh, are willing to either stay here or come here for, for in some cases, a little less money than they could get elsewhere. Well, what does that say about your organization? Well, it, it, you know, we've, we've come, it's 180 degrees from, from when we started. And, and we, we talk about, uh, I've mentioned before, like, like Stanley Bryant, well, you know, the, what it took to get Stanley out of Calgary because he left a very stable organization where uh, a winning organization. And in order to lure for agents away at that time, you know, we had to, we had to pay above market value. It just, it is what it is to, to convince players of that caliber to come to a team and, and, and help rebuild and turn things around. Um, and now that's not our sell anymore. I mean, we have a reputation in the league of, of doing things properly, um, running a, a professional organization from, from top down and treats players well. And Mike does a Mike goes a long way with, with the way Mike treats the players and, um, now, I, obviously, winning doesn't doesn't hurt either. We've had we've had successful years, and now mm. adding the Grey Cup to it just makes you know it. it, it you, you trust that you're doing things pro- properly and uh, organizationally, and you believe it. But it sure helps when you get that Grey Cup uh, attached to your name. Sure. When the season ended, Kyle Walters, did you think that there was a good chance Chris Streveler would get a shot down south, or did that surprise you a bit? Hard to say, you know what I mean? We, you know, Ted, Danny, and Ryan uh, have all, you know, and, and are certainly talking to the NFL guys, and there was a bit of a buzz early. And, and you know, when that December 1st window came up to, to work out, there was some interest, but Chris was still, you know, recovering from, from the season where he wanted, obviously, to, to be 100% healthy before he started working out. And then uh, it was later on in the process where he was actually able to get to get to his workouts and, uh, gen, you know, the way the paperwork is that the paperwork comes in to request a workout and then the piece of paper comes in to be able to negotiate a contract. And, and as soon as Chris had his workout, the paperwork to negotiate came in. So that tells you what the teams, you know, thought of him and how well he did. So uh, hard to predict. I mean, you, he, he's 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 fun to watch and fun to have part of your team. So uh, all he needs is, is one shot and he was able to get it. So now on that note, uh, you do not have a backup quarterback with any significant CFL experience. Will you go into camp like that, or are there some other options out there that you're exploring? Yeah, I mean, we're always exploring ways to make our roster our uh, roster better at every position. But but Sean McGuire made a very positive impression, and it's you know it's difficult it's difficult to make a, a, a firm determination on on young guys particularly at the quarterback position until they get a chance to play. And, um, you know, we'll get a better feel for, for Sean in the preseason this year. Um, but he, he certainly impressed everybody in our organization with his, the way he carried himself, the way he fit in the locker room and uh, the way he stood in the pocket and, and can throw the ball. And he's a big, strong guy. And yeah. when he had a chance, when he had a chance to, to run the short yardage package, when Chris was out, he, he, uh, he did a nice job for us converting on, on the short yardage. So no plans right now to add a quarterback with some experience? 
Not as of now, but, okay. you know, we'll see. Three free agent signings that caught my eye. Josh Johnson, the defensive back. Micah Alway, who I love watching the last two years because he is a vicious hitter. And Toby Antigua, I find to be an intriguing player who can play a little D and a little linebacker. Uh, talk about those three and where you feel they might fit in, Kyle. Well, the, the the big one was the defensive backs. You know, losing losing Winston and Marcus to the NFL it was really no secret that that we put a good evaluation into the defensive backs. And um, you know, Josh was the one, you know, talking talking with Richie and JY and James, the, the defensive coaches, and and had Danny Ryan. And we, you know, we had a lot of discussion um, <laughs> through January exactly what you know what we want to do in the secondary and. And Josh was an aide, very versatile. That was the big one. He, mm-hmm. he play, can play anywhere in the secondary and, you know, kind of a journeyman prior to last year, but he had a hell of a year um, making plays all over the field at multiple positions when, when, you know, the secondary in Edmonton was banged up. He'd just be able to rotate from spot to spot and play at a really high level. So, you know, it was his, his level of play and, and certainly the versatility, which, which made him the guy we, we targeted first and, and were able to get him. And, and Micah always was an interesting one. We, we kind of kicked the tires on him last year uh, when, uh, when Jovan left. Uh, so we liked him and just couldn't get it sorted out and, and kind of circled back. Um, we love the way he plays, love the way he hits. He's an outstanding young man. And, um, you know, we're able to get him a, a little bit into free agency and just think he's going to come in and provide some good depth and some good competition for Kyrie and, 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 and Biggie. And, and certainly if there's injuries, we will have a proven linebacker to go in and play. And, and, you know, he plays special teams at a high level if that's the route he goes. And uh, we've liked Toby Antigua's versatility. It's the same thing. We, we kind of kicked the tires on him last for agency and his versatility He kind of, kind of plays everywhere. You saw him, a couple of years ago in Saskatchewan yeah. where he was dro- dropping into a deep third, running off the edge, sort of mm-hmm. a jack of all trades and, and uh, a, a very good special teams player. So we were just able to, you know, move Craig Rowe moving on and Congo, you know, signing in the NFL. We thought we'd add, you know, another couple of versatile pieces on defense and, and figure out where they fit in once, once camp is over with. I'll leave you on this note, Kyle, when you guys won the great cup, Back in November, the celebration here in Winnipeg and across Manitoba, I think was uh, more than any of us could have imagined it would be. Are you still feeling a bit of that buzz about uh, what you accomplished and how the people and the fans in Manitoba have relished in it? Um, you know, that initial uh, being being back in the city after that initial uh, trip back, sorry, when we won was unbelievable. The, the buzz, the excitement. Um you know, it's every once in a while you catch yourself thinking and, and realize what we've accomplished as, as a group and we're able to, to bring the Grey Cup to Winnipeg and how it means so much to so many people. Um, you know, <laughs> but it's it's now that that's kind of done and moved on from and people want to people want another one. So we've, we've moved full speed ahead in the next year. It's, I tell you, it's nice, though, Bob, sitting in on the. Uh, on some great cup ring planning meetings. That's, that's a kind of a nice <laughs> reminder. And, yeah. and that'll be a real nice deal. Once, once that gets figured out in, uh, and, and, and people get a chance to see these great cup rings, but you know, for the, for the most part, it's focused on next year and how do we, uh, how do we, um, how do we repeat and keep, keep the group together? And, and, you know, the draft we're, we're thin with our draft picks a little bit this year. We kind of went in all in with the Caleros trade. So, 
you know, we need to be we need to be right with our draft this year. We need to be right with our scouting and have some young guys come in and, and help in the secondary specifically, provide depth everywhere and, and go from there. Time to move on. Go go win it again, eh? That's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> hey Kyle, thanks for doing this. Much appreciated. All right. Have a good night, Bob. Okay. Kyle Walters, the general manager of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Ed Tate, the director of content from Bluebombers.com, has joined me on our show. Ed, step up to the mic. How you doing? Fantastic, Bob. How was your uh, session with Randy Ambrosia? I know you just came from a little Q&A with the, the commissioner. Yeah, he's amazing. So he's he's done something already earlier today with, uh, I think, a lot of the corporate people who were involved. And then he met with Bomber for Life fans. That's what I was uh, sort of quarterbacking a little bit. And then he's meeting tonight with more season ticket holders. So he's on his Randy's road trip, as you know. And yep. uh Man, there's a lot of people that want to ask questions for him. We had to almost cut it off today because uh, people were lining up to speak to the commish. Well, we'll talk to him later about the playoff format. You yeah. and I'll kick that around, too. By the way, you've got, got another Blue Bomber Champions, Grey Cup Champions shirt on. Is that new material that just came into the Bomber store? We'll give him a plug. Yes, it's all. there's all kinds of Grey Cup stuff in there, yeah. Bob, and I'm buying almost every bit of it, I can <laughs> tell you right now. It's, it's, uh, that one is really cool. Well... Maybe we can get you a discount, Bob. Yeah, well, I'm kind of hoping. We'll talk about that after the show. And we'll come back and talk to the head coach of the Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers on our 680 CGOB Blue Bomber Winter Special. The Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Welcome back. Bob Irving, Ed Tate's with me, and Michael Shea, the head coach of the Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joins us on our Blue Bomber Winter Special. Mike, are people still buying you... uh, Coffees and cocktails every time you walk into a <laughs> cafe and a bar? <laughs> <laughs> well, people try. People try. It is, uh, it's uh, much appreciated, but, you know, some, I do have to turn them down sometimes because you're driving, you know? You yeah. can't just do that. Oh, I know. But the buzz is still out there, isn't it? Do you still feel that from winning the Grey Cup? Uh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, everywhere you go, um, there are some, there are very happy fans and, very excited for the new season to begin. They can't wait, and neither can we, actually. Yeah. Is it, uh, is it more than you thought it might be in terms of what this has meant to people in Winnipeg and throughout the province? Um, I don't know if you'd say more. Uh, it's really hard to even figure out what it's going to be. Like, you know it's going to be, you know it's important, and you know it's going to be uh, well-received and... Um, inspiring you know when you talk to a lot of these fans uh i guess you just can't you, you can't figure on on what the end point is and um uh maybe the magnitude of the emotion i think I've, we've talked about this before that it, it would be hard to even um realize what the magnitude of the people's emotions would be and how long that would carry on yeah but it's been very rewarding, no doubt. So now you look ahead to 2020 already, and uh, you've had to make one major change in your coaching staff with Paul Lapalise leaving and uh, Buck Pierce taking over as the offensive coordinator. How smoothly is that transition going, Mike? It's it's excellent. It's it's going on right now. We're in offensive staff meetings uh, pretty well most of the day uh, for the last uh, week and a bit, or a bit more than that, probably. And we got another couple weeks to go. Um, just, uh, you know, letting Buck go through the process of, of, of going through the entire playbook and all the plays we ran last year, 
we'll pretty well watch every play, go through all the stats, figure out what's uh, you know what Buck believes is important. Have him impart that on on his staff, and um, once again, as all coaches do, check everything we do for validity. You know, make sure. Um, what we're doing is is what we want to do and and inspect that and and look at the personnel and see what we can do how we can do things better for them and bucks on top of it and it's it's fun to watch mike tell us a little bit about pete costanza your new uh as one of your assistant coaches that's going to coach running backs and what i understand and kevin burgoyne is going to uh coach receivers yeah how you doing ed i'm great mike how are you sorry i should have been you're you're (laughs) Are you just All as business. good as when I saw you in the hallway uh, three hours ago? <laughs> yes. Excellent. We like to put Ed to work, you know, Mike. <laughs> yeah, he's been running all day. You know, I, I'm glad he made it to the station on time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Pete Stanza has been coaching uh, in the CFL, I think, since 2008. He's been the receivers coach in Calgary for uh, a long time. Uh, comes with a wealth of knowledge from a very uh, well-run organization and a lot of time with with John Huffnagel, who, you know, is obviously extremely well-respected around the league um, in many facets. So uh, adding him to the staff was uh, a great opportunity for us. It's not often that a guy like that becomes available. And, and, you know, for Buck, it was a no-brainer to add a guy who can come in and talk offensive pass game. And we're putting him in a different position, uh, but he's a, he's a professional coach, so moving him to running backs is, is not a problem. He'll add, um, you know, a different viewpoint to that position, and he'll also add a lot to the pass game. And Kevin Burgoyne um, has been here with us, so uh, he's, a, he's a receivers coach by trade. He's an offensive coordinator by trade. He was a receiver in the NCAA, so moving him to that position is something that, uh, you know, he wanted to do and, and you know, uh, offered Pete the running back job and, and he took at it and he took it. And, and obviously, once again, a lot of these a lot of these coaches being professional coaches can coach multiple positions. Um, it's it's not difficult. And they once they switch positions, it really does bring a different set of eyes and something different to look at or a different point of view to that position group that they're that they're now coaching. You got so many of your key players who were headed for free agency re-signed, Mike. You must be thrilled by that. It, it certainly um, uh, makes you feel good uh, having that continuity. It, it gives you what we believe is a, is a head start on the next year. Yeah, Mike, uh, we'll get you to stick around if you don't mind for a few minutes past our seven thirty newscast. I got a couple more things to bounce off you, and then. Uh, We'll move on and talk to Andrew Harris. Mike O'Shea is with us. We'll come back after a news update here on CJOB. It is our annual Blue Bomber Winter Special. The Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. And welcome back, Bob Irving with Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com. Mike O'Shea, head coach of the Blue Bombers, with us for a few more minutes before we hook up with uh, Andrew Harris. Mike, there's always tough decisions to make in an offseason, and uh, you guys had to basically choose between Matt Nichols or Zach Kolaris as your quarterback. Tell us how agonizing a decision that was, given what Matt has done for this franchise. Yeah, it's the toughest. Um, none of those decisions are easy. Uh, Matt has basically, um, you know, laid his body on the line for for his teammates, uh, this organization, um, for four years now and four winning seasons, you know, he's 
really racked up the wins I thought here and um so it isn't easy. You know, I think on the on the football side, uh you can you know, put the film on and and put down the pros and cons and make your lists and everything like that, but it, that that's not going to change how it feels personally. Personally, it's always tough. Um you know, I had said before uh to Matt um just one-on-one that, you know, him coming in here and and playing like he did and leading the team, you know, changed uh, not only the team's fortunes, but but mine and my family's. So uh, this is the kind of stuff you're dealing with. It's never easy, um, and it's the crappy part of the business. Sure. Uh, Sean McGuire is your backup. You content with that? Yeah, I really like him. I think he's he's got a certain amount of leadership, quarterback leadership style that uh, that fits. Uh, he's got a, a good arm. He's a smart quarterback. You know, all the athleticism, all those uh, attributes uh, that you want to talk about for a quarterback, I, I believe he has. Um, but it's the character and the leadership that I think is, is interesting for such a young guy. He's got, a, he's got that in him. He's got a bit of that in him that we can um, – that I, I'm sure will we'll grow because he's going to be in a different role this year for us. So I think that's going to be – uh, you know, exciting for him, and and we'll try and expand his role and 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 give him stuff to do that that'll help him be successful. That'll help us be successful. Your defensive line and linebackers coach Glenn Young left. Mike, have you replaced him? And can you tell us what the plans are? Uh, no, I haven't replaced him yet. But I've got uh, some guys in the in the hopper here that I'm. You know, we're gonna. Make a good decision on fairly shortly, I believe. Okay. Uh, there's liable, liable to be a new playoff format in the CFL this year, and one component of it, although I understand this might not get past first base, is you pick your your opponent in the semifinal. How do you feel about all that, Mr. O'Shea? Well, I, I've, I've heard the various scenarios, and, and uh, you know, that's, I think, speculation right now. I think there has to be some some input and some voting and some decision-making. Um, I, I guess it would depend on when you get to pick your opponent, but <laughs> it, it certainly would add some intrigue. And I guess if, if, if betting was legalized on it, it might add some excitement. <laughs> <laughs> it would, it would certainly be novel and interesting. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We're, we're going to leave you on this note, uh, Mike, you are from North Bay, Ontario. They have decided to name an athletic <laughs> field, after you, Mike O'Shea Field. That's uh, that's quite a tribute, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. They, um, I do really enjoy uh, my time when I get back to North Bay. Um, obviously, growing up there, I couldn't ask for a better place um, to be raised, um, to grow up. It was, you know, a fantastic place. Um, I don't get back there nearly enough and and then to have this bestowed upon me I think is um is pretty neat. I think uh my good buddies there will, will make light of the subject for quite some time so it, <laughs> it it adds some some fuel to their to their fire I'm sure but uh it, it's it's pretty neat. You went ice fishing on Lake Winnipeg on the weekend catch any big ones? I got shut out. Oh, no. I got no problem saying that, but there was lots of fish caught, and uh, Pete Costanza, he caught he caught the biggest one of the day. It was a heck of a nice fish, and um, you know the the 
Chris Heald at the Manitoba Wildlife uh, Federation um, got us out there, and uh, it was it was a great day. Mike, thanks for doing this. Always appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Bob. We'll see you soon. Okay, you bet. Mike O'Shea, head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now, before we get to Andrew Harris, Ed Tate, uh, all the talk about the new playoff format, ranking the teams one through six. I think you and I, I certainly think that's a good idea. It's been talked about for years. Do you think it's actually going to come to pass? Well, talking to the commissioner this afternoon, the one part about choosing your opponent is going to get kiboshed yeah. if this thing has legs at all. Yeah. I like it because it, it it's the way the, the table should fall, right? It's mm-hmm. the, the way that it should work. But there's a lot of people that are making the argument that based on the way the East Division has been the last few years, you're going to have in important markets that are already a struggle to have CFL attention might lose attention early because... The top four teams are almost always going to be from the West. It's been that way lately. Maybe Hamilton's in there, but four yeah. of the five top teams are going to be from from the West. And does that exclude or does that kill any kind of growth that the CFL is trying to achieve in the East? That's a thing that I would be concerned about. But you know yeah. what? You want to play with this in the league. You got to play with the big boys. You got to keep up. And I think that's the the nature of a competitive league and a competitive sport. Uh, you, you know, you don't get any free passes anymore. So I, I think you should go with the one to six, rank them, and, and then have at it. Doesn't matter what division they're in. Yeah, it makes the most sense. I think, and I don't think there's many fans that would disagree with that. The Boston Pizza Sports Desk, Colorado's leading Buffalo, one nothing in the first period. One of three games in the NHL tonight. Well, Andrew Harris uh, had quite the end to his season. He was named the Outstanding Canadian in the Grey Cup game. He was named the most outstanding player, the MVP of the Grey Cup game. And he joins us now on our Blue Bomber Winter Special. Hey, Andrew, how you doing? Great. How you guys doing? We're doing fine. Tell us where you've been with the Grey Cup since the end of November. Oh, it's been... Uh... It's been uh, in, in hockey dressing rooms. It's been in uh, it's been in basements. It's been at parties. It's been uh, um, in my living room. Uh, it's 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 been um, you know in all the areas that uh, I could share it the most with the people that have helped support me throughout my journey in Winnipeg here. And and uh, the main thing is just enjoying it with everyone else. Um, you know, as much as it's our our cup as the Bombers, it's 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 his province's cup, and and it's been a it's been a blessing to be able to share it with everyone. Uh, that appreciates that, that's for sure. Is it everything you hoped it would be when you came back to Winnipeg and, and wanted to win the Grey Cup? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely been um, a surreal, you know, experience. And I was just saying last week, actually, that I wish I could replay, you know, the whole experience of the, of the parade because I feel like there was just so much chaos and so much going on and so much excitement that, uh, you know, it was nice to kind of relive that again, um, you know, from a different perspective or, or even the same one and just kind of take it all in again. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's amazing when you set something out, you set goals out to, to go and achieve and you have dreams and, um, you know, when they come they come reality and they come true, um, it's definitely a testament to, you know, hard work and, and, um, and good opportunities and, and making the most of those opportunities. And, um, you know, it's definitely been a lot of excitement and a lot of, uh, a lot of joy and, um, I'm I'm just excited to uh, to go and and try to do it again. Hey Andrew, uh, you talked about having the Grey Cup. I, I was out in Brandon on the weekend with uh, Patty Newfeld and Stanley Bryant, and and saw this up close. Talked to John uh, Rush and Thomas Miles about who've had the cup a lot. There's a kind of a mystique about or a power of this great the Grey Cup when people want to touch it, they want to just be around it. It's it's kind of 
you have to almost see it to to understand it. Do you know where I'm going with this? Can you explain? Have you seen that too? The this this mystique and the power of the trophy itself. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I just had it on on, on Monday night at uh, at the Steelers locker room and um, under the Highlander. And there's a lot of guys who are big sports fans and some guys that play in the NHL and, you know, a lot of prominent businessmen in the city. And, you know, the excitement that these guys had, most of those guys are in their 50s, 60s, 70s and, and, and you know, um, guys who really appreciate the game. And, um, you know, to see those guys really appreciate it and have it just kind of sitting there and everyone just kind of staring at it and looking at it and enjoying it. I mean, that just goes to show that, you know, those, those guys have been fans for, you know, as, as long as they've been, you know, enjoying, you know, the, the, any kind of sport. You know, being a Bomber fan growing up here, it, it, you know, you, you, ble- you bleed blue and gold. And um, for them to, to just see the, the excitement and the joy in their faces, you know, and, and, you know, that's really a testament to, you know, all the great years and, and you know, how, how much pride this city has in, in, in the football club. And, you know, it's just uh, it's filtered through all, or throughout the corners of, of the province. And, uh, you know, it was, it was very exciting to be able to, to bring that, you know, t- and, and again, that joy and that excitement to, to a locker room or, or, or to a group of people that really appreciate it. And for those, uh, Andrew, who haven't seen, actually seen the Great Cup, and I think most people have by now, but for those who haven't, it is beautiful. I mean, it really yeah. is. And as Eddie says, I, I think, too, it has a kind of an aura to it, but it is gorgeous. I mean, yeah, it's 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 great with with all its uh, it's all its, all the dents and scratches that have uh, it's accumulated over the over the last uh, you know hundred so odd years. And uh, I mean, it's it's definitely it's definitely something that uh, you know you got to take it in. I mean, to me, to me, the biggest thing that I I find amazing is how you know on on the actual trophy, you know, it shows you the years suspended, you know, during the war, and that really kind of puts in perspective you know, how how far back this goes, you know, into into the war years and. Um, you think of all the all the men that played, you know, you know, in, in, in this game, and you know, then went up represented our country, you know, going through your know, hard times, and you know, came back and played. And there's tons of stories of you know Hall of Famers that, you know, you know, just, you know, did service and 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 paid their dues and and were part of this great league. It really puts into perspective, you know, how how great this game is and how far it goes back. And um, you know, it's just amazing to be part of that history. Tell us about your off-season training and uh, what kind of year Andrew Harris is looking forward to in 2020. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, after the Great Cup. I, you know, I just really just enjoyed, you know, family, friends, and and you know the the whole the whole excitement with the cup, and you know, now kind of just settling in, um, you know, coaching my daughter's soccer team, and um, you know, me and me and DJ Alama um, started a, a football academy that we we do four times a week with. Uh, one of the track guys that uh, helped me get to where I'm at, Glenn Bruce, and and some some of the local coaches with throughout the community, and I'm um, just working on my my business career with with uh, Atlas Engineer Products, um, you know, selling building systems uh, supplies. So, um, and then getting back and you know slowly integrating back into the gym, um, you know, uh, making sure that I'm staying fit and you know playing some hockey and some basketball here and there, and you know just really en- just enjoying uh, you know the time away from football and also getting geared up mentally and physically for uh, the next up- upcoming season. So it's been uh, it's been busy. It's been lots of fun. And, um, you know, when you're busy like this, the offseason flies by. And um, before you know it, we'll be in training camp uh, getting after it again. Andrew Harris isn't showing any signs of slowing down, is he? No, not, absolutely not. I mean, my body feels great um, at the moment. And, uh, you know, for me, I just uh, I, I enjoy my teammates. I enjoy the locker room. I enjoy the coaching staff. And I, I enjoy representing 
you know, our great city, our great province, and uh, and being a part of something special. And I'm looking forward to continuing to doing that, um, you know, at a high level. And and you know, so at this point, at this moment, you know, I'm still going strong, and I'm still getting ready to to be, uh, you know, the same old Andrew Harris as I was last year. Andrew, thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Okay, Andrew Harris of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We'll come back and chat with Pat Neufeld. They've re-signed their entire offensive line, and uh, Pat, a key member of that. So we'll be right back with our 680 CGOB Blue Bomber Winter Special. The Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Bob Irving and Ed Tate with you tonight on our Blue Bomber Winter Special on the CGOB Sports Show. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers re-signed 14 of their key players, including... Michael Couture, Stanley Bryant, Marcus Hardrick, and Pat Newfeld from their offensive line. And Pat Newfeld joins us now on our Blue Bomber Winter Special from his off-season home in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I presume, Pat, that's where you are. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, my first question is this. You were in Brandon on the weekend with Stanley Bryant, Ed Tate, and Darren Cameron. Did you guys get into any trouble? No, of course not. We were on our uh, absolute best behavior. That's what I figured you'd say. Good to hear. Okay. Tell yeah. us on a serious note, Pat, <laughs> how was that weekend in Brandon? It was amazing. Um, seeing the reception of, of Western Manitoba for, for you know, our championship year. Um, I got to personally visit three of the high schools in the town and meet with all the, the high school football players, which was a really cool experience. Kind of talk to them about the year and then, from autograph signings to the the Brandon Wheat Kings game, it was just uh, almost overwhelming seeing the, the amount of support we get from from fans all across this province. Pat, you guys are really tight on the O line. Bob listed off some of the guys that have re-signed. It's really rare in this league that you know a, a starting unit can stay together, but everybody on offense is back, and you've got to be really happy uh, uh, that the whole crew on the offensive line is back because you guys were such a force last year and the year before that too. Yeah. I think that's been a major key to our success um, for our whole team was having the same, same guys or the the highest level of consistency possible in that line. Um, It just, it just kind of makes our whole offense operate. And and I think we like to think of ourselves as leaders from the front. So, you know, we've kind of prided ourselves on being a physical and, and tough unit that plays with a lot of effort. So, um, getting all those guys back, you know, as great as it is, it's just great to have, have your friends back and guys who I consider my brothers back. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to getting its training camp and, you know, hitting the ground running because, you know, the, nothing's going to be new for us. It's just going in and, and starting to execute at a high level from the get-go. They talk a lot uh, in sport, Pat, about a kind of a hangover after a championship year. Have you given that any thought and do you hold any credence in that? Uh, I have not. And, um, you know, since it's been a while since I've been a champion since high school, um, I'm not going to put any sort of thought into that. I mean, our mindset is to go in and do this again. I know it's a, it's a day by day process and we preach that in our building, but, um, I think every team is the same way they're going and feeling like they're going to contend for championship. But I mean, you, you mentioned it earlier with all those signings that we have, I think we have the entire starting offense back and most of the starting defense back. So um, when you get that high level of play, you know, back and we'll be hitting, like I said, hitting the ground running in camp, it just makes us so excited for the, uh, for the upcoming season. 
I know those last uh, few days before Willie Jefferson re-signed, the fans here, Pat, were kind of on the edge of their seats on pins and needles wondering which way that was going to go. Was there ever any doubt in your mind that Willie would be back? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Just I think based on how much fun he had, how well his family was treated, I mean, how well he played and, and kind of the, you know, he got to kind of portray his image and who re- Willie Jefferson really is as a person um, within the community, of Winnipeg and, and Bomber fans. So um, I wasn't personally nervous. Um, I think he really, really enjoyed being a Blue Bomber, and he was such a critical part of our game and our season. Um, I mean, that Great Cup game, he was absolutely unbelievable, um, just an unblockable force. So um, a huge part of our team coming back, and, and on top of that, just a phenomenal guy as well. Patty, we just had uh, Andrew Harris on a few minutes ago. How much pride do you guys take in the three rushing titles in a row? And and you know what, you must be kind of intrigued about the possibility of making it four straight for him. Yeah, that that is a, a big point of pride for our group and our unit. Um, you know, a, a lot of people know and, and fans know that the CFL is a passing league, just with three downs and the size of the field, but. Um, you know, we've just put so much of our heart and soul into our rushing attack and um, how much pride we have in what we do. It, it, it's it's a pretty cool thing. And obviously we're going to try and get number four here in a row coming up. But, um, you know, it's just such a cohesive unit from the offensive line to the fullbacks to the running backs, especially Andrew, the things he can do with the ball and, and in space. So uh, we're hoping to make it uh, number four. We talked uh, with the other guests we've had on tonight, Pat, about the – Sort of the impact the Grey Cup win has had, and whenever you've had the Grey Cup, just to the way it it impacts on people, how their you know their faces light up and all the rest of it. Has that been something you've really enjoyed since late November? It's probably been one of my favorite things that I've experienced with this this win. Um, I've kind of told the story before, but um, I was lucky enough to take the the Grey Cup from the back of our flatbed truck to the stage at the Forks where we all celebrated and we got to just walk through the crowd of people. I mean, there must've been 10 or 12,000 people there and there was people just reaching over trying to grab the cup and they were crying and saying, thank you. And um, seeing that emotion and how much it means to those people really kind of brings you back down to earth as an athlete. And it really makes you appreciate, you know, how important this win is. I mean, for us as a team, it was absolutely enormous and for the organization, but I just can't think of this feeling for fans who have watched, watched our team play for, you know, 20, 30 years and, and, uh, you know, some people have waited a lifetime to see this win. So uh, that, it's been a, a really amazing experience. They giving you any business up there in Saskatoon about winning the Cup? No, actually, uh, <laughs> people are kind of keeping their mouths shut. I don't think they have anything really to talk about. So no. um, it's, it's been a pretty, you know, high point of pride for me wearing my bomber gear around and wearing my Great Cup championship gear around. Great. Hey, Pat, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. We'll see you, uh, we'll see you before long at training camp. No problem. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay. Pat Newfeld of the Blue Bombers. Ed, uh, we talk about the starting five back on the O-line, including the center who was re-signed. Cody Speller, Jeff Gray, Tuielli, three Canadians to add tremendous depth to that O-line. Yeah, they've got a couple of American guys they'll bring in, too, as yeah. as backups. And, uh, yeah, you know, remember when not too long ago that was a real bone of contention, this offensive line, and they've drafted well, they've made some good moves, and uh, it's really been the strength of this team for the last few years. Sure as We'll come back and we'll visit with Darvin Adams, Doug Brown, Zach Claris, Wade Miller, and Randy Ambrosi in our final hour of this Blue Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. 
The Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Welcome back, Bob Irving and Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com. Our second hour of our Blue Bomber Winter Special tonight. We had Pat Newfeld, Andrew Harris, Michael Shea, Kyle Walters on earlier, and we kick off hour two with receiver Darvin Adams, who re-signed with the Blue Bombers in the uh, well as a free agent just a few weeks ago. Darvin is in. You're in Mississippi, right, Darvin? Yes, sir. Correct. Now, when you heard it was minus twelve here in Winnipeg, what was your reaction? Hmm. I'm glad I'm not there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can you even imagine what minus twelve is? It's actually not that bad, Darvin. <laughs> Man, it's pretty cold. It's pretty cold here, but I, I'm, I'm starting to be grateful right now because minus twelve is real bad. How, how what's the temperature in Mississippi right now? Uh, it's probably like in the forties or fifties. Ooh, that is cold, eh? It's forty-three. It's forty-three right now. Okay, tell us about uh, free agency. You were a, f- a few days into free agency before you resigned. Were there some offers out there that had you maybe tempted to leave? Oh, Bob, I can't believe you asked me that. <laughs> well, you didn't nah, sign nah, You didn't sign on day one of free agency, so I kind of wondered if you were weighing your options. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business. Uh, for sure, I just wanted to make sure I'm able to take care of my kids, you know, my family. So that was, a, you know, a big part of my, situ- my situation and a part of why I wanted to resign. Or wanted to sign anywhere, you know. So, yeah. Well, I, I know okay. you've you've always wanted to finish your career in Winnipeg. You've told me that, and uh, now your wish is going to come true. You must you must be very pleased with that. For sure, you know I'm grateful and I'm thankful that you know they had the the courage and the you know they believed in me enough just to even give me a three year deal. You know? <clears throat> yeah, that's a long you know that's a long time you know. Sure. Did Paul Lapolice try to convince you to go to Ottawa? At some point, you know, he just gave me a call. You know, we talk. We're good friends also. Yeah. Darvin, it said, Tate, you know, when you re-signed, one of the things that struck me when we had our conversation was that I asked you to kind of evaluate last year. Maybe you could do that again because uh, you were, I want to say you were hard on yourself, but you were pretty honest about your year and and then sort of what you want to do in 2020. Can you kind of take people through again what you thought of your 2019 season? And people think so much of what you did in the playoffs, but but overall kind of assess that and then look forward to this season. Uh, honestly, I felt like I could have done better. I felt like, you know, uh, my numbers aren't, they, they weren't what it was supposed to be as far as like a personal, for personal reasons. But as far as, you know, now I feel like I have the opportunity, you know, to train harder and uh, to do a lot of more different things where I can have my body more prepared for to go through an entire season and, you know, be able to produce more and, you know, more touchdowns, more fun. You'll have a different offensive coordinator this year, Darvin, and Buck Pierce with with Paul Apolis gone. Do you think things will change much in terms of the offensive approach? Honestly, I'm not sure about it. No, I'm not sure. I mean, I know, you know, uh, Coach Buck was up under, you know, Coach Lapo, but I think, you know, Coach Buck is his own man also, and I think 
he's going to bring his own style of ball. And I think, uh, you know, we've got to wait and see what it is. It could be more passing. Some people feel there'll be a little more passing. Do you think that's possible? I mean, we still got the number one running back in the CFL, so I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to run also. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you do it, eh, as long as you get it done. That's all that matters. Yeah. Tell us about uh, when you followed the off season and they announced that Hardrick had resigned and Stanley had resigned and Pat Newfeld and Drew Walatarski and and Calaris and then Willie Jefferson. Uh, did that get you excited about uh, the upcoming year? Uh, for sure. <clears throat> Honestly, those boys are, you know, key parts of not only just on the football standpoint, but they're good men. And like we always say, we got a good locker room. And those guys right there are some core guys that's been around. And, you know, besides Zach coming in last year, but those guys as far as Stanley to Marcus, Oh, those guys resigning Patty. So, you know, Patty's been one of the, the guys who's been here for the longest. Dar- so. Darvin, in the playoffs, you quickly developed a, a real good chemistry with Zach Caleros. And, you know, it was only one regular season game and then the three playoff games. What do you think he can bring to the offense with a full training camp and, you know, kind of a chance to get more comfortable in Winnipeg, what 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 will look different with with him at the controls? I don't know. As you know, it's hard. It's hard to say, and I think that's a good thing because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, nobody, everybody was counting Zach out of you know as far as like doing the things that he did do. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. He's unpredictable. He can play ball. Well, he can certainly play ball. He showed us that uh, in the last four games of the year. And uh, have you had a chance to take the Great Cup home, Darvin? <clears throat> no, not at all. I wish, but not at all. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll get your hands on it when you get back here for training camp. Listen, Darvin, we appreciate your uh, you're doing this tonight and joining us on the show. Uh, we'll see you at uh, training camp in May. Appreciate that, Bob. Okay, Darvin Thank Adams you. with us from 43 degree. That's uh, Fahrenheit. Let's see, that's about, oh, that's only about 7 degrees Celsius uh, in Mississippi where we hooked up with Darvin Adams. Minus 12 in Winnipeg where Doug Brown is, and he'll join us next on our Blue Bomber Winter Special. The Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Well, you talk about having the old gang together. Nothing would be complete in terms of doing a Blue Bomber show without having Doug Brown, Hall of Famer, join us to weigh in on uh, what's happened during the offseason, the Grey Cup win, the free agent signings, the potential new playoff format. Doug, welcome to the show. How you doing? Doing pretty good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's great to have you on. How's your winter been? Oh, it's been like winters in Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, we've been busy, though. The work's been good, and uh, little one's growing like weed right now, so it's... Uh, Every day I come home, I feel like I missed something or she's learned something new. So it's uh, it's quite the ordeal right now. She's starting to become a lot of fun. We almost have her alphabets down right now, Bob. So. All right. That's good. That's good. Um, the impact of the Grey Cup win, Doug, we've talked a lot on the show about that with Andrew Harris and Pat Newfeld and Michael Shane and Kyle Walters. 
give us an example of what you've seen uh, in your travels in Winnipeg, and I know you travel around the province in terms of a kind of a follow-up to that Great Cup victory and what it's meant to the fans around here. You know, I think it, it, it took a long time to sink in, to tell you the truth, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of disbelief. There's a lot of, of, of denial. Like, when you've been experiencing a drought for so long as a fan that supported the club, it, it takes some time to dawn on you to find, like, you understand that they won the Grey Cup and they're the, the championship team and the best team in the Canadian football landscape and league right now, the defending champs. But it's just to sink in. It's because it's just been... You know, it's such a routine of uh, of disappointment and renewal and starting over um, that, you know, initially uh, most of the people I talked to or interacted with were just in a stupor about it. They were gobsmacked, actually. Bob is what they were. <laughs> and uh, it was it just took some time. I really felt like I mean, obviously there was a whirlwind in terms of the celebrations and the praise and people wearing fur coats and cigars. I mean, it was, it was exceptional and it's been ongoing. The party obviously with uh, how this great cup has traveled and how well the players have been ambassadors in terms of sharing uh, this championship trophy all around the province of Manitoba. It's been exceptional, but I still think there's a a percentage of the the populace is just like, you know, wait, we're really, we really won this. It's over kind of thing. It takes some time to set, to set in, but the, certainly the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have not been uh, wasting any time with that championship trophy and making sure it gets embedded into as many uh, uh, experiences as possible, I would say. Doug, they had to decide between Matt Nichols and Zach Kolaris, basically, because they knew they couldn't have them both. Were you surprised the route they went? Uh, not really. I, I mean, uh, first of all, you know, Kolaris, undefeated as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber, just won you... Uh, the great cup. Uh, those are pretty compelling things. Now mm-hmm. I've done a lot of reading on this about how, you know, Matt Nichols for the large part in the, in the playoff games, he played, played very well. And it was largely, you know, the fact that had he had a defense of the, of the caliber and quality that the Winnipeg blue bombers had this year, he very well could have won a cup, if not two, uh, you know, if he'd been, uh, leading the offensive charge and, and, you know, being on the same team as a, a defense of that caliber. But, I just think, I think with what's happened with Nichols and uh, even with Calaris's history of, you know, some concussions and, and the trepidation about him moving over when he came from Saskatchewan, I honestly think he's a better bet in terms of his, uh, his physical rap sheet going forward than necessarily Matt Nichols. So um, I think he's a little more adventurous as, as a passer. Uh, I think he's, uh, you know, he's willing to let it all hang out and take some deep shots. And I think he's got a little more bravado a little more gunslinger in him. And uh, I think he's uh, uh, more akin to making that big play. I, I think these are the kind of characteristics and traits. It just mesh so well with this offense. And you put Zach Claris uh, on a team with a fantastic offensive line, a super balanced offensive attack, an excellent rushing game. And it was like a player I've never seen before in Saskatchewan. I'll tell you that right now. I absolutely had my expectations exceeded by his performance this year. Doug, you were on a lot of really good bomber teams over the years. That, and this this league can be so transient with players leaving all the time, in free agency or testing the waters. What do you think? It what is the power of winning a championship and and this team being so close for so long? How did that you think impact and so many guys wanting to come back 
in free agency and and you know have a, a another shot at this thing to to go back to back. That's got to be a powerful thing for 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 Kyle Walters when he's trying to negotiate with players. Yeah, you know it's funny because you hear all about there's a culture created and there's a different kind of vibe and different locker room and how Walters and O'Shea go after a certain kind of player, character player, and how these things are important to them. That's all great. And it's, uh, you know, makes for great writing and interesting articles, but until you win a championship, that's just a story and uh, something that we're putting together that we hope is true. Uh, but now it's validation time, right? So now you find out that, wow, these guys really were onto something with the continuity. They were really onto something with the kind of players they wanted in their locker room. Uh, they were really onto something in terms of the ball security and uh, controlling the turnovers and having a heavy running game attack and having a team geared towards uh, winter weather. Um, you know, it all obviously now is validated. It all came to fruition, and you're like, wow. You know, it's not often we see promises from from different football clubs every single year in the CFL. And we saw 30 years of promises from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And, yeah, we had to wait, what, five or six years for this regime to to deliver on it. But they did. So now it means you're like, whoa, for a player, you're like, hey, they understand what's going on here. Obviously, it's a major story. So you get tons of publicity about what they're doing here and if these guys can come in and write the ship and turn things around as a player, why would you not want to be a part of that? I think that's a huge advertisement. You got the new city, uh, you got a, a passionate, a tremendous, a passionate fan base. Um, you've got the right people in place from the executives all the way down uh, to those people. Uh, even the equipment guys are the right guy for this team. Um, it's just so many of the right pieces are in place. Uh, this you got to hope this is another one of those stretches of the, the golden years of dominant era football for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So there were lots of quarterback injuries last year, Doug, in the, in the CFL. There are quarterback injuries every year. It seems to ebb and flow a little bit. Uh, the Bombers backup quarterback or number two quarterback right now is a guy named Sean McGuire. Sean who, McGuire. Yeah, yeah. who was uh, here all last year, as people know. Um, and according to Kyle Walters and Mike O'Shea, there are no immediate plans to add a quarterback with CFL experience. That could change, obviously. But would you be comfortable going into 2020 with Sean McGuire as the number two quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I don't think if we if we did the show in 2019, I don't think any of us would have thought that Zach Claris would have came to the team at the end of the year and, and led them to a great cup. So I'm okay right now with uh, the, the way uh, – uh, things and, and that's another thing about uh, uh, winning a great cup, huh? It just gives everybody that much more credibility in terms of well, they know what they're doing. So uh, yeah, just let's just go with what they want to do right now, and and that's the card they get to play uh, with how uh, things came together for them. But you know they've uh, they've spoke highly of Sean McGuire. I think since he's been added to this roster, um, we've only seen him in little spurts, obviously, but uh, you guys see him a ton in practice down on the football field, they must like what he brings to the table. And like I say, there's uh, you're never out of it. Um, there's scenarios that unfold. I mean, a lot of us wrote off the 2019 Blue Bombers once Nichols went down, and that ended up being the year. I mean, they're undisputed number one starter. 
We saw Strebler come in. Uh, you know, he wasn't really that guy to be a number one and lead the team to the promised land, but they ended up winning the Great Cup that year. So I'm okay with it right now. Um, I certainly have a, a lot more faith in their understanding of what they want to do and their evaluation of players uh, based off of what they've accomplished. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that now. And uh, the beautiful thing about the CFL, you know, prospects and, and the moves that can be made, anything can, that can happen. Uh, there's a host of variables that can land on your plate and uh, you can turn them into uh, a championship recipe as we saw in 2019. There's talk of a new playoff format this year, Doug Brown. Uh, it sounds like they've shot down this idea of one of the top teams picking their semifinal oh, opponent. God. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> you yeah. felt the same way oh. about that that I did, right? Oh, that was just, I was like, what? What do you mean you get to pick who you play? That's just, oh. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I do. I do see merits to discussion, obviously, about uh, you know just seeding in terms of one division uh, as opposed to two right now, and having you know the teams with the best records making sure they're involved in such and and have the benefits that a regular season uh, you know should pay out for them, making the regular season very meaningful. But yeah, having a number one seed decide who they want to play. I mean, that's uh, I, I just don't like that. No, I, I didn't like it either, although I talked to Wade Miller today, and he was very involved in this idea, Doug, and he, he swayed me a little bit. But, uh, did he? It, well, what did he say to you? A little bit. No, well, but... he said it would be a great promotional thing. It would create all sorts of excitement and discussion and debate, and teams would be mad at each other and all that. Sort of, and all, I think all of that's true. <laughs> uh, but also, the word we get today is that that's probably not going to fly, although the top six playoff format uh, way rather may well fly. So now, final yeah. comment from you, Doug, as you look at what the Bombers have done, and they've done most of their work now. They'll have the draft, and they've signed a bunch of uh, American rookies who will see it, rookie camp and then training camp, but do they appear well-positioned to you to take another serious run at back-to-back championships. Oh, for sure, without question. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be easy. Everyone's going to be taking runs at this football team. The microscope is going to be on this football team. But that's, uh, you know, that's the beauty of it. I think they really just need to to stick their chests out. And, you know, it's not often you get to spend the offseason or the entire year up to the, the Grey Cup saying, hey, yeah, we're the defending champs. So we've got the belt right now. And uh, until someone takes that away from you, you are the reigning champion of the Canadian Football League. And I think that's important for this team. Uh, I think it's a very proud moment. I think it should be a spectacular uh, season. Uh, I think, uh, you know, this will be a great home crowd. I think that'll really boost uh, how they do uh, with that home field advantage. And, uh, you know, it, it looks to me like they're certainly not sitting on their laurels. It'd be real easy just to be like, wow, take a sit back, put your feet up and say, look at w- what we accomplished finally. But they're getting after it. They know these windows are, are only open for so long. And it looks like they're certainly trying to maximize uh, as much success as they can out of this core group while they have this this talented um, uh, regime of players, coaches and executives together. You, you got to uh, you got to make hay when the sun is shining, so to speak. And, and that is the time right now for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers with the starting quarterback and their best defensive player uh, under the fold and, and the rest of those core players. Uh, they're, uh, they have a spectacular chance, I think, in 2020 to do something special yet again. Doug, thanks for doing this. May 24th, hey, first preseason game. All right, buddy. I'll Co- see you there. Coming thanks fast. Doug Brown, our football analyst. Ed Tate is with me. We'll come back and talk to... 
Zach Kolaris, Wade Miller, and Randy Ambrosi, the last half hour of our Blue Bomber Winter Special. The Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Welcome back. Bob Irving, Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com. The last half hour of our two-hour Winnipeg Blue Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Very pleased to be joined now by Bomber quarterback Zach Kolaris. Zach, uh, how's your offseason going? How you guys doing? Uh, offseason's going really well uh, out here in Ontario. And right now, just checking, trucking through the snow, trucking back to our house. <laughs> going well. The weather not so good out there? It's not minus 16 like it is there but uh we've had a bunch of snow last two days so yeah yeah it's good good though i'm used to it right uh take us back to i know you were asked this uh, at the time but we'll just uh, sort of revisit it a little bit take us back to uh when the season ended and uh, the blue bombers talked to you about re-signing you know there was those stories earlier that you wanted to stay in the east and all that stuff but clearly uh, is it fair to say you wanted to go somewhere where you'd be happy playing football yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a conversation that uh, my wife and I had about uh, what was going to be best for us, um, you know, and, you know, to make a living in this sport, you need to be in a good situation. And we thought the best situation uh, was Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, after the, the, the Grey Cup game, uh, two, three days after, I, you know, I talked with Osh there for uh, a quick 10 minutes because I had to catch a flight. But, uh, you know, he expressed his interest and, uh, you know, the team wanted me back in the fold, and uh, we revisited that uh, sometime before Christmas, and uh, we were able to make something happen. So uh, we're very happy about it, and uh, can't wait to get back out there. Well, and they've re-signed your entire offensive line. That must make you feel good. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, you know, kept in touch with those guys there over Christmas and New Year and uh, talking to some guys in the organization uh, on how important it was to, to have those guys back. And, uh, you know, it definitely makes the quarterback's job uh, and their life a lot easier when you got uh, a great group in front of you, and, and we certainly have that. And uh, you know, I can't wait to get to know those guys better and, and work with them more. Zach, when you re-signed uh, at the press conference or the day or before, I remember talking to you, and you said that uh, people could see it in your face and just in your your mannerisms. The when you're in Winnipeg, the sort of how you, the joy was back for you. Can you talk about how? That four-game stretch with the Bombers, of course, it helps to win the Cup. But how that kind of re-energized you as a player? Yeah, you're, you're right. Winning definitely helps. Um, you know, but at the same time, I think just, uh, you know, and I said it before, you know, the, the culture that Ocean and Kyle Walters and, and everybody involved there in that organization, um, obviously including uh, the players, have created, uh, definitely made it, a, you know, just a great atmosphere to do my job. And, uh you know, coupling that with, you know, being able to work with, uh, you know, Buck and, and Lapo and, and the guys on the offensive side of the ball and, and even, uh, you know, in talking to the coaches on the defensive side of the ball, it was just a, a great atmosphere to uh, to work in, you know, to you know be able to express your opinions, your thoughts, get feedback, whether it's positive or negative. And uh, I just think it's a, a very conducive, you know, environment to grow uh, in this sport. And, uh, you know, I was just – you know, really happy, obviously, to, you know, to be in the building again with Ocean and, you know, be in there with him, that, that first team meeting every day, him really setting the tone. And, you know, just a great environment to be around. You mentioned Buck Pierce, uh, Zach Kolaris. He's your new offensive coordinator. Do you think things are going to change much? You know, I, t- I talked to Buck a little bit last night. Obviously, um, 
you know, him being his own man, there's going to be things that he wants to do and accomplish. But, uh, you know, he knows that they, uh, they've, they've built a great foundation, a great base uh, in Winnipeg. And, um, you know, I fully expect to uh, be doing a lot of similar things, uh, you know, to what, what we were doing last year and, and obviously to build on that and to continue to, you know, to try to evolve and try to be better and, uh, you know, stay ahead of the curve and, and all those things that happen in our profession. They kind of, uh, I think it's fair to say, they kind of threw you into the fire here last year and you hadn't been here very long before you were in a game. How much better prepared will you be for this coming season than you were last year when you got here? Yeah, you know, I, you know, obviously was kind of thrown into the fire there. It helped to have been in uh, different kind of systems and, and share some of the same verbiage and terminology. But, uh, you know, I fully expect, obviously, to hit the ground running in camp. Um, you know, just through going through things this off season, um, that'll be invaluable as well as being able to, uh, you know, really, you know, get some timing down with the receivers. And, uh, you know, at the end of the season, it's really hard for me to go up to Darvin, you know, week 17 and say, Hey man, will you go out there and run this route for me four times? You know, when he's played, you know, how many games already, uh, run, run it so many times in practice and so many times in the game. So, uh, you know, certainly having that time at camp, uh, will be very valuable and, uh, you know, really looking forward to that. And, again, just getting to know everybody uh, even better um, and, and building, you know, the 2020 Bombers. There's a guy you played with in Hamilton named Luke Tasker. He's out there as a free agent. Do you want to try to influence Kyle Walters into signing him or not? Hey, uh, <laughs> you know, I would I would very, very much uh, welcome that. Uh, you know, I've, I've said a few things here and there to some people. Um, if that happens, I'll be, I'll be very excited. I, yeah. I love Luke. He's a great man, a, a great player, and uh, just a great teammate. Yeah, he, well, he's had some sensational years, too. Hey, Zach, thanks for doing this tonight. We really appreciate it. It might be cold here, but it's not snowing, you know. Okay, well, I would actually trade that right now. Uh, we're, we're going about 40, 40 kilometers an hour up the uh, 404. So. Oh, God, I can only imagine. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Thanks, Zach. We'll see you in May. Take care, guys. Zach Kolaris, quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, back to talk to Wade Miller on our Blue Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. The Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Welcome back. Wade Miller, the CEO of the Great Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joins us now on our 680 CGOB Winter Special. Bob Irving at TatoBlueBombers.com. Wade Miller is still basking in the glow of what happened in late November in Calgary? Of course we are. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, just finished our Randy's uh, road trip uh, event. And, you know, the, great to have our season ticket members out there tonight and hearing from Randy. And, um, you know, everybody's still fired up. Well, Randy's going to join us in a few minutes, Wade, when we're finished talking to you. But you and I spoke earlier today. Tell me uh, your sort of view of, of what it's been like after winning the Grey Cup and the trophy itself being taken to all sorts of different places in the city and the province and just how special that's been. Oh, it's just been amazing. And, you know, landing at the airport and uh, it just hasn't stopped since. And, you know, the parade and everything that's gone on. And um, what's very interesting to me is uh, how this cup reaches way past your average football fan. And, um, you know, really at, at the time when our city kind of needed it and uh, I, I think that's really special to watch that. And, and, and it doesn't stop. I mean, every time you take it somewhere, you just see people. And I mean, the history and tradition of, uh, of that great cup is, 
is just phenomenal and everybody wants a picture and be a part of it. So um, it, it's really special for sure to see and, and, and taking it throughout the province has just been uh, something that we've wanted to do. And um, it's been great all the way, you know, up in Flint, uh, Flint and it's going to Gillum and, and we were in Brandon last weekend and Steinbeck, Selkirk. It's just been everywhere. So it's been amazing. Wait, as much as everybody's kind of basking in the glow of that, I wonder how long after the Great Cup victory were you starting to think about 2020 already? Uh, the the plane ride home. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to remember 2019, but... Uh, you know, it, it was interesting because that's the first time as an organization or that I've been a part of it. Um, you play longer into the season. Um, that doesn't change the fact you still have things that you need to get done. Uh, <clears throat> you know, signing coaches and general managers and getting our players, um, you know, back under contract. So it was, uh, you know, everything got sped up a little bit and you're still enjoying the celebration. But, uh, you know, business got to go on. And has business been good, Wade, in terms of ticket sales and merchandise sales? It's been fantastic. Our, our team off the field has done a great job leading up into the Grey Cup as well with tickets and renewals. And uh, and then our our whole operation rallied after the Grey Cup win. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it, it just the fulfillment of Grey Cup orders, over 5,500 online orders filled um, between the, you know, game and uh, – Christmas, which is just amazing in our um, store in St. Patel. Holiday store was busy, and so was the main store at the stadium. So just a, just a great effort by our entire team to execute and pull that off and make it as special as we could for our fans. I don't think I saw Ed up ever helping pack boxes, but everyone else did. So, <laughs> Well, Ed has special skills, you know. Yes, yes, for sure. That's what he tells us all the time. Yeah. dot com. So all this, uh, all this great uh, revenue you've had. They, they always say, Wade, that winning the Ray Cup costs you money. Are you going to be able to kind of s- break it even? Yeah, I think we'll, you know, just be a little ahead. Um, but absolutely, uh, you know, that merchandise push at the end definitely helped. And uh, more importantly, there's, uh, you know, a lot of Manitobans uh, walking around with Grey Cup champion shirts and that's pretty cool and special in its own right. And, uh, and all throughout the world, actually, I mean, the orders came from everywhere. So yeah. Fantastic. Have you, I understand you have big plans for the home opener. Tell us about those. Well, we're, uh, going to, uh, put up the banners at IG field and unveil, uh, you know, the championship banner from 2019. And then as part of our 90th uh, anniversary this year, we'll also unveil the other 10 banners of, of the winning teams. So, um, and, and make IG Field uh, the home of the champions now. Well, it has been a, a special mm-hmm. period of time. Anything else you want to add, Wade, before we move on to Randy Ambrosi and find out whether or not he's going to shoot down your idea to have playoff teams pick their opponents? <laughs> he's not going to shoot it down. You're the one that was shooting it down, Bob. It's everybody uh, else, uh, today, today at lunch, at yeah. the corporate partnership reception and at dinner tonight or at the event tonight, 89, 95% of people love the idea. So, Bob, you got to get on board with it. Okay. Well, and I told you earlier today, it's, I'm kind of, I'm kind of warming to it a bit, Wade. So, anyway, no, it's been, it's been a a great time, but now it's all, all, you know, steam ahead to try to do it again, right? 
yep, 2020 is uh, here and uh, time to go out and win again. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, uh, Ed could tell you this, our, our purpose is really simple. It says win championships and, uh, you know, there's an S on the end of that. So we've yeah. done one now it's time to keep going. Meanwhile, get your season tickets and get your merchandise, right? That's right. And, uh, call us and let's get you on a ticket plan and, uh, uh, get you out to all the games. Yeah, and I say season tickets. In you, it, that's a good term. Ticket plan. There are lots of them, aren't there? Yes, uh, season tickets, flex plans, five game packs, three game packs. Um, you know, it's just uh, and, and it saves you some money. So, sure. you know, to call us early. We, our staff is amazing to walk you through what's best and uh, get you out to the Bomber games. And if you haven't been before, um, you know, it's an amazing game day experience and and a ton of fun, uh, whether you're coming with your buddies or you're coming with your family. They're two totally different experiences, and it's just a, an amazing atmosphere on game day and something special to be a part of. Wade, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. Bomber CEO Wade Miller, the Boston Pizza Sports Desk, Buffalo and Colorado 2-2 in one of three NHL games tonight. The other two haven't started yet. All right, the commissioner of the Canadian Football League is Winnipegger Randy Ambrosi, and he joins us now. He's been in Winnipeg today as part of his cross-Canada winter tour, Randy's road trip, where he uh, speaks to fans and gets some input on what they're thinking. Randy, first of all, just I know you have to be impartial when it comes to who wins the championship, but that Winnipeg blood in you, uh, did it feel just a little bit good to see the Bombers finally end that drought? Well, Bob, look, I I, uh, I think it was an amazing game, and you know what, uh, you can just give this team full marks. I stood on the sideline for the first two series, and oh my goodness, you talk about pinning your ears back. I I was afraid I, watching the Bomber defensive line come off the ball. I mean, they were full marks. They they won that game decisively, and you know broke that long drought. Uh, couldn't have felt better for them. And you know excited to excited to you know for the city. And you know two of my brothers are still here, Bob. So of course it means a lot to me when. This city is feeling good, and and it deserves to feel good because it's it's a uh, it's a great place to live and work and raise a family. So yeah, I was uh, I was happy for Winnipeggers and and all Manitoba. Randy, I asked you this earlier in the day, and I I gotta I gotta ask it again. You know, people uh, when I was out in Brandon on the weekend, people were talking about the XFL, and there's a, certainly a, a, a an amount of buzz about the new league down south. But there was a suggestion that maybe the CFL should look at merging with the XFL. And I just roll my eyes, and it it drives me nuts, and I know that you're going to wave the banner here, but we really got to learn to appreciate our league. And I, I, I wish we could, uh, there was a magic potion to get everybody to buy in. But, uh, you know, I guess what I'm, in a roundabout way, what do you think of the XFL, and, and then how can we at the same time even celebrate what we have already? Yeah, well, look, there's something there's something about the the and it's you know Canadian qualities are are in great abundance. But I think, and I say this with the greatest of respect, because I couldn't be more proud to be Canadian if I tried. But I think we kind of have this inferiority complex that somehow that something from something out some somewhere else is going to be better than what we've got. And and I think in some respects we suffer from that by being the Canadian Football League that we're supposed to be humble and, uh, and maybe join up with somebody else that's stronger. And, you know, I, I know talking to both of you, you're, you're lifetime uh, CFL fans. You're proud of this league. 
Look, this league is the XFL in all respect, and I don't have anything against them, but they're three weeks into their very first season. I don't think, I don't think we should be spending a whole lot of our time, you know, thinking about what they're doing. Uh, you know, I saw a piece today, you know, they're struggling on their TV ratings and, uh, Look, I don't wish I don't wish the mill will. I really don't. But I want to focus on the biggest, strongest CFL possible. And I would say to those fans, come and see our amazing athletes play. Come and be at a bomber game. You you get this. This is big time pro football with the second biggest pro football league in the world. And we're about to become the biggest global football league in the world. I think we need to puff our chests out a little bit. Yeah, who cares about the XFL? That's my view. They, their TV ratings are going down. Their crowds are going down. They're going exactly the same direction that every new football league has gone. Uh, they're going to lose $9 zillion and probably fold their <laughs> tent after their first season. So who cares? And like three guys from the CFL went down there. Well, big whoop. Yeah, well, Bob, you, you just oh, really? said it. And, uh, and, you know, the fact of the matter is, and again, this speaks to our inferiority complex last year. All we were talking about was the alliances coming. <laughs> well, I wasn't again, talking about that. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but, it, but it's, again, kind of a byproduct of, I think, our Canadian complex. But, you know what, listen, we're on a, we've got some big plans for this league. And we're going to focus on our plans. And tonight, yeah. Bob, I'll tell you, if you would have been there, I've known you for a long time and known both of you for a long time, you'd have been proud of those fans. They love their bombers. They are... They're proud of the city and proud of what the Bombers mean to them. Yeah, and I've said this a million times over the years. I love the Canadian Football League. I grew up with it. It's fantastic. It'll always be fantastic. Are we going to have a new playoff format in 2020, Commissioner Ambrosi? Well, I could have listened to you and Wade argue for about two hours. That would have been a whole show right there. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what's been great, and uh, I've been enjoying the conversation. I think we polished off the... I don't think there's a lot of excitement for the decision day concept, but the overall, the overall kind of two division winners and then the next four teams decided by the next four best records, I think is, uh, and I think Wade's right. It's been a kind of across the country. It's been 75, 80, 85, 90% in favor, but there are some technical aspects of, of a new format that the governors have asked me to do some research on. I've got a, I've got a group uh, back at CFL headquarters doing uh, writing a report that I ho- that I hope to send to the send to the governors in the next couple of days, and then we're you know we'll have it on the agenda for our March 17th meeting. You know, look, I I just think this is one of those times that we need to be cautious. We'll we'll review a lot of detailed information, and and I know the governors will make the right call. I'm I'm confident whatever whatever decision they make, it'll be the right one for for the CFL. Randy, do you take any time off in the winter? Because if you don't, you should. Well, you know, Bob, it's an interesting question. My wife asked me the same thing. <laughs> she <laughs> the same thing. So, Bob, I, I have a feeling the question is a little more meaningful from her than yes, it is from you. No doubt. Well, so we could start there. And I've uh, been married to this beautiful lady now for almost 34 years, and I'd like to keep it that way for a long time to come. Well, it's hard. Uh, to- you know, Bob, honestly, I came back from Grey Cup and uh, – and we jumped right into that negotiation with uh, with uh, Gary and Sid, and uh, ended up selling that football team, you know, literally uh, right before Christmas. And then all of a sudden, it was league meeting time. Like I, I kind of just went, "What the heck happened?" Uh, 
I'd gone to Japan for uh, their their college championship and their and their and uh, the Japan Bowl, and uh, now I'm on the road. So so Barb said the other day. She said, you know, maybe maybe somewhere in all of this, we got to find a little time to slow down. But uh, you know, quite honestly, I feel honored to do this job. I I do have, and you know, I I hope the two of you know how much I appreciate how much you love our league. But I, I have a big I have a big vision in my in my mind uh, for where we can take this thing and and I um, and and it doesn't feel so much like work most days because it's wrapped around something that I've loved my whole life. Yeah, we know that. Hey, Randy, thanks for the time. Thanks for coming to Winnipeg today. Have a safe trip home, and we'll see you before long because the season's just around the corner. Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the Canadian right, Football you. League. Ed Tate, thanks for joining me tonight thanks, Bob. on our 680 CJOB Blue Bomber Winter Special.